Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the second day of October. I'm Paul White. Let me start today by saying happy birthday to my mom. My mom has always been one of my biggest fans, my biggest supporters. She prays for me every day, and I know that she loves me very much, and I love her very much, and I hope that she has a spectacular birthday. My mom has recently retired, and so I'm hoping that she gets to just rest and enjoy this special day. Today, we move into our study on the Apostles' Creed. Yesterday, I simply introduced why I want to do this, and I gave you a little bit of my own background with the Creed. I I should probably say I gave you my background or the lack thereof with the Creed because I don't really have any. I thought the best way to start today would be to actually read the Apostles' Creed and to do this for the probably many of you who have had little experience with it. I didn't really acknowledge the, the, the people listening and following the podcast that have had experience with the Creed. Um, you do exist. I realize that. Some of you came out of um, out of sort of liturgical setting churches and into others, and some of you are still involved in churches that uh, read the lectionary and follow the liturgical norms and the creeds part of your worships. I don't want to exclude that or act as if they don't exist. And, and some might also have come out of those things and don't want to go back. Any semblance of those things brings back a sort of PTSD. I realize all of these things are true at the same time. And I know that we all bring different things to the table. So I'm saying that up front, and I hope that I'm treating it with the respect it deserves and that I'm treating you with the respect that you deserve. Not treating you ignorantly, but also not mishandling your own experiences with this creed. And so I'd like to hear your thoughts as well as we go through this this month, um, what it means to you, what it's meant to you, um, questions you might have. We might, we'll see what we can do with those, and you can reach us at ddp at paulwhiteministries.com. That's the podcast email. Let's start with the creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, if as we read the creed, you're familiar with it, you might have hummed along, spoke along, repeated, great. If you're unfamiliar with it, uh, might have sounded brand new, yet I'm also going to propose that while being brand new in style, it was not brand new in content because there was a lot of things happening in there that are a part of our faith experience. Whether we've prayed the creed or recited the creed or not, fact exists that we believe in God, that he is maker or creator. We believe in Jesus and his conception and his death and burial, all of the things that the creed talks about. However, I'll also propose that if you're unfamiliar with it or haven't spent much time with it, there were 
moments in there that were a, a bit odd or a bit jarring, particularly, and I'm sharing my experience as I began to study the creed, the phrase, the Holy Catholic Church was a struggle for me because all I could think of when I think of the phrase Catholic Church is Catholicism. And so I had to and have to uh, consider my own wrestlings when I get to that line. By the way, little spoiler alert, don't think Catholicism when you say that word. We'll get into really what the church has used that word to mean uh, or at least what literature has used that word to mean for a long, long time, even predating what we would call the Catholic Church. The other thing I want to do today, and this just really moved me, and so I thought maybe it would be a great place to start and it might move you. Um, I'm getting a lot of information from a, from a series uh, that was published by Westminster John Knox Press, the For Today series. And the For Today series is a series of uh, books that cover different things like the life of Jesus for today or the Lord's Prayer for today or the Psalms for today. And this particular one it talks a lot about the Apostles' Creed. And when it was originally assigned, it was given to Dr. Shirley Guthrie. Well, Dr. Guthrie died, got a di- diagnosed with a fatal illness and died and was un- was unable to do anything but write the preface to the book. And I got a hold of that unpublished preface, and I just think it's fascinating. Now, near the end of the reading, you're going to hear this phrase, this book is especially for... That's because Dr. Guthrie's statements were written for a book on the Apostles' Creed, but I want to read his preface because it says some things that spoke to me and I think might speak to you. So the following is from Dr. Shirley Guthrie's Uh, original preface to what would have been the Apostles' Creed for today that he did not live long enough to produce. Sunday after Sunday, the minister or worship leader says, let us stand and say what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Some members of the congregation find it very meaningful to recite these old familiar words, remembering that fellow Christians of many church traditions have been confessing them for almost 2,000 years, and knowing that this very day, all over the world, in all the languages of the world, fellow Christians will say the creed as they gather for worship. Others will recite the creed mechanically, without giving much thought to the content and meaning of what they are saying. Then there are some newer and also older Christians and church members who are not sure that they can honestly affirm what the creed says. They either repeat the words with a guilty conscience, simply stand there silent, or perhaps edit the creed to recite some statements and delete others. They have questions and reservations. Should I say these words when I do not understand what they mean or why they are important, and when I'm pretty sure I do not agree with them? Why do we need this or any other creed anyway? Shouldn't we look to God's word in the Bible rather than to some ancient or modern human words from the church to find out what we are to believe and do? This ancient creed may have made sense and been helpful a long time ago, but it's pretty irrelevant for people in the modern world. Isn't it just official statements of Christian orthodoxy that divide the church into self-righteous, arrogant, warring parties, certain that their understanding of Christian faith and life is right, and anyone who disagrees with them is wrong? Isn't it just orthodox Christianity, Judaism, and Islam that cause much of the worldwide conflict? 
This book is especially for Christians who struggle with questions like these, not because they're doubters or heretics who need to be converted to the traditional faith of the church expressed in the Apostles' Creed, but because the church needs them. It needs their disturbing questions that invite all of us to take as seriously as they the decision we are called to make when we stand to say, I believe. I read that to you. That is from Dr. Shirley Guthrie's um, preface that unfortunately he didn't get to finish the writing of that work, but I thought was a pretty interesting preface that asked a lot of the questions that I've had, and I thought maybe some that you have had as well. We're going to talk about the origin of the Apostles' Creed beginning tomorrow here on the DDP. We'll see you then. God bless.